0: This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross Cochran. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. On Tuesday, August 24th, I had the privilege of having a conversation with Leah Broach, alongside my coworker, Melanie Hester. Leah is the National Director for Alliance Kids for the Christian and Missionary Alliance. She works with leaders across the country to equip local churches in child discipleship. And Melanie and I were able to have a super practical conversation with Leah in advance of the Child Discipleship Forum. If you haven't saved your seat yet for the Child Discipleship Forum, you got to click on that link in the show notes. Save your seat today, childdiscipleshipforum.com you may have missed it but we offered a chance to join this conversation live it's a new thing that we're trying and it was really fun so you're actually going to hear melanie in a second start the conversation with leah and if you're listening to this prior to monday august 30th make sure you check out the show notes because there's a link to register for our next conversation and that'll be with gabe lyons from q ideas so here's melanie and our conversation with leah broach thanks for listening
1: If you've never met me before, man, I hope that that happens one day, but... Until that day comes, we can do a virtual meeting here. My name is Melanie Hester and um, I have the privilege of working at Awana alongside Ross and we're bringing these conversations to you. We were able to have one yesterday with Wes Stafford and today we're having one with Leah Broach and next week we're going to be able to have one with Gabe Lyons and um, these are opportunities to connect with the heart and soul of the people who will be coming to the Child Discipleship Forum stage. And so Leah, Um, Let's just dig right in. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for your time. And uh, tell our community a little bit about who you are and the role that you have in children's ministry.
2: Sure. Well, I am uh, the national director for the children's disciple making ministries of the Christian Christian Missionary Alliance. It's a long, a long name. So a lot of times I just go by director of Alliance kids, but My work really is to support our nearly 2,000 U.S. churches across the entire country and several different uh, demographics and um, cultures, and I work hand-in-hand with our church leaders to help them get uh, ministries up and going or to rejuvenate them or whatever, whatever they need to help with child discipleship in the local church. Um, yeah,
0: that's awesome. And I'm always fascinated to talk to people like you, Leah, because you have such a unique and broad perspective, kind of seeing what child establishment looks like, uh, quite literally around the country. Yes, um, yeah. and one of the things that stands out to me about the community, particularly of those who are invested in, you know, their local, the local practitioner, the local leader type of level is it can sometimes feel like they're on an Island that their mm-hmm. struggles are, there are unique. They're the only one struggling with the thing. So just for sake of, for the person listening, can you, you know, what is the most common roadblock to a culture of child discipleship? Because I imagine so much of your work is trying to create that culture so that the community can live it out to its fullest.
2: Yes. So the thing I hear everywhere is we don't have enough volunteers (laughs) to serve (laughs) in our ministry. It doesn't matter if I'm in New York City or if I'm in rural Pennsylvania, everyone uh, is all struggling with that same thing of not having the people that they would like to have or not recruiting uh, to get the people. They're, the people are in their churches. They're just not uh, always filling those roles in children's ministry. So that seems to be the, the number one. Uh, if you're struggling with that, you are in great company.
0: That's so- So just out of curiosity, I mean, how do you begin? Because one of the things that's that's asked me about the question about volunteers in particular is that it is indicative of other issues or other problems or context within the church. How do you begin to not only allow people to see what you just said, that you're not alone, but also Mm -hmm. begin to like practically change something that is really that complex?
2: Well, I think... From my perspective, what I'm seeing and what's happened over the past so many years, we entered sort of this new world of child discipleship quite a while back. I call it like this uh, plug and play philosophy where children's ministry just sort of became this place where we were just trying to get anybody to show up, to step in, was these master schedule manipulations. um, And a lot of our major curriculum houses, their tools, while they were fantastic, were starting to adapt to this. And so we are, we have a lot of people that are like, if you can just come in and press play on the video and lead the discussion, you know, here's your script, that kind of thing. And a lot of ministry ownership from the local volunteer just started to, to go down And we started seeing this more as anyone can do this, step into the role. While that is true, anyone can do this. um, It creates a different vision for people and it creates a different understanding from the local church of really what child discipleship is. So I've really been working hard with our local leaders to let's change that. Let's change the story that we're seeing and help people understand that this is a quite possibly if not the most important, right up at the top, most important ministries in any local church. It's what keeps our churches alive and vibrant and growing. And if our mindset is we just got to find people to do plug and play ministry, it's going to be a vicious cycle. You're always going to have turnover and you're always going to be looking uh, for more people to do this. So I'm trying to be an agent of change to say, no, let's really look at the heart of what discipleship is and how Uh, Exciting and life impacting, not just for the kid, but for the adult, it is to to jump into this um, and get back to some of the just basics of what it means to to love people and be a part of something and be committed to it. It's not an easy road. It's difficult, 100% difficult to, to sort of change the culture that we've been living with for quite a while, but the results are really beautiful in the end. Sometimes we have to change our methods. Um, to get to that point, I always tell the folks that I'm coaching, you know, let's, let's put our dream scenario out there and let's back up and work on the steps that get us from plug and play ministry to really impactful ministry where people are taking ownership and what they're doing.
1: Yeah, Leah, I resonate so deeply with that. And I know for those of you who are watching at a different time, you don't realize that we actually have some people who are with us on live today. And so one of them mentioned in the chat that... They said that they actually want people in the room who are pouring into the kids, right? And not just filling a space. And I think that I remember I was a children's director at a church in Colorado Springs for a couple of years. And I remember, I remember that frantic feeling. I remember that like, oh my goodness, Saturday came, Saturday night, it just keeps going downhill because all of a sudden it's like, who's going to fill that space? And I know that I can only fill one, right? I can only fill one of those gaps. And so- I think to watch that transition go from, you know, we have a leader who's in that room pouring into them to that desperation can be the simple journey of a, like a Monday when you have everyone set to a Saturday when kids are sick and they're all bailing and it's not their fault, but there's that feeling, right, of desperation. Mm-hmm. And so I think as as we look at that and we we see that um, in, in my opinion, man, that's not going to work for this next season of discipleship. In fact, I'd even probably argue that um, while the Lord was in the midst and he used those Sundays where I just had someone fill the room, it didn't work then either, right? Right. It's so never really worked. Yet. It's never really worked, yeah. but it's been, it's just been a it's whole. A necess- it's been necessary. Exactly. Yeah. And so I I guess Leah, I'd love to hear from you, like we're heading into this season of discipleship where we have to kind of create a difference between what does it look like for us to lead in our churches, but then also balance the practical sides that come with our ministries. So how do you see those things coming in this next generation and this next even year, let alone decade of ministry?
2: Yeah, well, um, one of the biggest misconceptions I think people have about children's ministry leaders is that their number one job is to be fantastic with kids. While that is certainly very high on the priority list, like we want our children's ministry leaders to have a good rapport with children and to connect well with kids, really leading a ministry is about leading that volunteer team and gaining the skills that it takes to lead your leaders well, because you are just one person. And I spend a lot of time coaching our folks to to understand that they're most often discipling those adults that they're leading just as much, if not more than the children that they're discipling. So when we talk about our curriculum choices and we talk about our volunteer requests and the things that we are asking people to do, we need to realize that, We're leading leaders. We're teaching these newer, younger, less experienced, whatever word you want to use. Sometimes they're very experienced. They just may not have the confidence that they need. Uh, But we have a real job and responsibility to teach those that are serving in the ministry. If you're doing children's ministry right and well, you're going to spend probably much more time in that category than you are even on the child discipleship. Uh, Side of things. In the practical sense of the word, I think one of the things that I'm really challenging our folks to do is let's get better at making a bigger ask. Sometimes, what we do without realizing it out of our own desperation, like I just need someone to fill in for kindergarten, that's what comes out of our mind, our mouths. We say, if you could just step in for this or just serve here for this one Sunday. Um, And there will always be an element where that's going to be a conversation that we have to have, because like you said, people's children get sick. Teachers have things that come up. There's always going to be the surprise element and you are going to need the just. But we have to learn to quit talking about the just and invite people into actual ministry that has longevity. And so making the bigger ask, making the ask that says, will you partner with us to see these kids become well discipled? that means we don't want you to sign up for every other Sunday or whatever it is that you, you're you trying to avoid. We, we really want you to commit to this chunk of time. And committing to this chunk of time means doing these things. Um, and so watching our own language and our own uh, expression and fighting back that urge to project our desperation on others and being more uh, inclined to be excited and casting vision for really what we're asking people to be a part of because it's so much bigger than just, can you do this one Sunday for me? Um, And the other part of that is you will always have some people in your ministry that really aren't going to commit to that long-term discipleship process, but they might be great for those Will you fill in when no one else will? But they don't just sit off in the corner, off in the wings, waiting to be tapped in. We need to be bringing them in the process and the dialogue and helping them understand what's going on in the ministry so that when they do pop in, they don't look like the uncomfortable substitute in second grade public school that's going, what what, what did I say I was going to do to sign up for that?
0: I've been the uncomfortable substitute many a time. So uh, that resonates with me deeply. Um, I love how wide that invitation is, you know, because I think that folks who listen to this as a podcast on a regular basis or who are connected to our ministries may sometimes feel uh, that they're not qualified, right? That they were asked to step into that role just because some senior pastor saw them talking to a kid one day and were like, hey, how about you be our kids person? Um, (laughs) What I love about that wide invitation is it is about Uh, what we around here would call belonging. You're creating a culture where a child can feel like they belong or to your point earlier that a family that can feel like they belong that a volunteer who's stepping into that can feel like they belong regardless of what their skill sets are. I'm curious because you in your work are not only spending time with that local leader coaching them up discipleship. I love all the practical stuff that you were just sharing but you're also, I imagine, having a lot of conversations with senior leadership. Pastors and executive pastors who are connected to a church who uh. Maybe previously haven't paid a lot of attention to it, or maybe they're super. You know, we get this response a lot. They're repentant, they're recognizing that this is something that they haven't uh, managed. I'm curious, you know, sometimes for some folks, that conversation is intimidating and you've had it quite a bit. How do you begin to uh, bridge the gap? Or maybe a different way of saying it is, Can you speak for people who are intimidated by the conversation to their senior pastor about why this work matters so much?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I'll throw this out there first. Um, If there was a gift (laughs) that COVID brought us, uh, at least what I've seen on my end, that gift was that realization from a lot of our senior pastors. Uh, For the first several months when people were starting to come out of lockdowns and churches were trying, trying to reopen. Some still are struggling with that, but my phone and my email was full, not so much of children's ministry leaders, but senior pastors saying we can't get people to come back to church because Mm -hmm. we don't have children's ministry. I never realized how important this was. Um, So I would venture to guess that most of our senior pastors, if they've struggled, struggled with that at all, that there's an open door there that might have not existed previously. So the conversation should not be quite as intimidating as it once was in that regard. But um, here's the other thing I want to say, you know, our senior pastors or executive pastors, whoever it is that we're working with, they're our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And they have a heart for discipleship and for seeing their churches be thriving and healthy. And sometimes it's um, just, we aren't doing a good job of helping them to see the full picture. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is this whole discipleship strategy and how important it is for every member in a leadership team in a church to sit down and say, what are we really trying to accomplish in discipling the people in our church and asking those big questions and who's responsible for what part of this? And when you start diving into more of that strategic uh, conversation, one of the things that I ask often when I'm in these meetings is what kind of goals do we have to get people through the whole Bible? And it's Mm. really interesting to see the looks on a lot of faces. Like, well, I'm not sure we
1: have that as a goal. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.
0: The Resilient Disciples Podcast is brought to you by the Child Discipleship Forum. As ministry leaders, you've been called to child discipleship. Every week, you feel the critical need for a loving, caring adult to pass on a legacy of faith to the incoming generation of children. Hundreds of thousands of leaders around the world commit themselves to this high calling. Time only reveals more clearly that, now more than ever, we must come together for a strategic conversation about child discipleship to shape the future of the church and commitment to the gospel. With that in mind, I'm inviting you to the Child Discipleship Forum on September 16th and 17th in Nashville, Tennessee, or online with a simulcast viewing. Join us and 16 visionary speakers as we cover topics spanning cultural analysis, child advocacy, and local ministry practice that will help equip you, a loving, caring adult, to pass on a legacy of faith to the children you disciple. You don't want to miss this critical conversation as we shape the future of the church. It's time we recommit ourselves to the timeless act of child discipleship to ensure the faith of our children will grow as they lead families, communities, culture, and churches. For generations to come. Save your seat today at child discipleshipforum.com.
2: I think if we're talking about discipling well, we have to ask the question like, are we discipling our people? Are we getting them through scripture? Who in the church leadership team is responsible for getting who through what? And so when you go that strategic route, then you can start saying, okay. Now do you see how important it is? Child discipleship is super important because that's really the bedrock for most people to get those foundations of their faith. And as you all are well aware, we know that the longevity of people in church and children who grow into adults that stay in church, often their story begins there in child discipleship spaces. And it's the ones that really uh, felt connected and seen and loved and taught that become the leaders in our churches. And so having that conversation with your senior leadership saying, this over here nets a result over here, it becomes a different type, a a whole different scenario. It's not, I think sometimes what people get intimidated is, is they feel like they're walking to a space saying, I can't do this job. It's too big. I need your help, pastor. I I just need your help to get more people. then it becomes more of this desperation uh, conversation and and then it becomes a little bit emotional because if the children's ministry director walks out of the pastor's office feeling like he didn't hear me, he doesn't understand, he doesn't see the the um urgency and what I'm mm-hmm. doing and I'm not gonna make it if I can't get some help. If we can shift this to more, no, let's talk about really what it means to disciple our congregation well and how are we going to do this? And mm-hmm. um not to belabor the point, but one of the things I see often, a lot of times children's, especially like a midweek children's ministry uh, activity or, or um, discipleship moment, often happens at the same time as most of our other outreaches in the church. Yeah. So we plan these children's discipleship things while we've also invited every single one of our adults to participate in everything else. And we're wanting our children's ministry departments to grow, but we've not given any resource of our adult leaders to be able to participate in it. So it's just simple conversation saying, you know, if you're expecting us to host a children's ministry discipleship program on Wednesday nights, but all of our adults are invited to divorce care and to grief share and to Bible study, Mm -hmm. who's going to take part in this. And sometimes it's Mm -hmm. just asking those questions and helping our leaders to see, Oh yeah, that decision causes a problem over here. And it's not always an instant fix. There's going to be seasons where you have to wade through some some things and you have to get through some scheduling conflicts, but be brave, have those conversations, yeah. but really elevate what it is that you're trying to accomplish and not like, I just, I need your help. I need people because right. you're just perpetuating that same message over and over of desperation. Yeah.
1: And I wonder perhaps Leah is... I need help. I need people. Does that actually reflect what we need? Right. You know, it's the symptom of what we're seeing. Um, but, but does that communicate to our leadership, the, the actual foundation and core of what we need from them? And, and I think that, um, and one of the things that I am so excited about at the Child Discipleship Forum coming up in just a couple of weeks, one is getting to actually meet you face to face, in Yeah, it looks like we have another friend on here who's going to be coming as well. And so I'm excited to be able to meet people. But we're actually going to, uh, this is a little sneak peek, guys. So um, we're going to be having an opportunity for people to start thinking through how to connect with their pastor and what it looks like for them to start building bridges. Because I think that what often happens is that We've come a long way, right, Leah? Let's take people down a very short, but a very concise, but long journey of when did we really actually start really emphasizing like children's ministry in the church um, in the Western world? Like that started kind of coming up and like the starting in the 60s, 70s, but really 80s, 90s, early 2000s, we started seeing people being hired to serve the children. Right. So now we stand at 2021 and we're like, wait, but kind of what we've done is create just a section where we're like, here's where the children go. We're so glad that you can now come to church because your kids are also getting a little something about Jesus, too. And what we're here to tell you is that your church is in the children's way right? And the adults that are coming because they now have opportunity for their children to be discipled are the leaders of today's church. And those children are the ones who are going to be leading the church tomorrow. And so as we continue to go to our pastor and say, hey, I am your child champion. I am your advocate, right? I am the one that you've hired to say, here is what we need to disciple the children. But the rest of the church, the staff, this community of believers has to be the the people who hold the priority of it too, right? Only I can be the champion because that's who God has called me to be. But I exist in a community who knows how how much of a priority that is. And we work together to say, hey, adults, we need this for our children. And also we're going to ask ourselves the question of like, are we doing what we need to be doing? Is what we're doing the thing that God has actually called our community to do? And if that doesn't align with both the senior pastor and the leadership team and what God has called us to do, then man, we've got some really strategically intentional conversations that need to happen there. So I'm just gonna kind of ask Leah, as you look to the CDF and you're going to be um, having some time where you're gonna be speaking um, what are you hoping to share? Like, what are you hoping to connect people to in this specific conversation that says, hey, you have to be here, and this is what God's laying on my heart?
2: Well, just that um idea of the heartbeat of what you're saying, that children's ministry is so much more than just a thing that's happening over here. And uh, to do it well, we have to have invested, well-discipled leaders. It's not just a siloed thing. It's not just a fun spot to send your kids, a safe, spot. I hear that all the time, this is a safe, fun spot, and we want them to be safe, and we want it to be fun, but it's so much more than that. And as a person who spends a lot of her time working with either our new church plants or we have a program, uh, a system in our alliance where we talk about revitalization and that's churches that are on the decline. A lot of times the number one marker for a church to be on the decline is they have no children. And so learning how important and how critical and vital this is, not just for the church of the moment, but for the story of the church, the whole history of the church and being a voice for that I've heard someone say it's easier to start something new than it is to resurrect it from the dead, um, which seems like, well, yeah, of course it is. But a lot of times what happens, if we don't start having these real deep, meaningful conversations about leading well from children throughout, then we'll find ourselves in a position of where we're constantly trying to, to bring life into something that's dying. And Uh, the life is already there. So let's nurture it and grow it. And it's not even about numbers, right? It's, it's about um, growing that depth of understanding in our, our biblical worldview, what it means to be a well-discipled believer of Jesus so that we have a sustainable faith. Um, That gives us a sustainable faith, but if we're not teaching that to our kids, then uh, we're going to reap the consequences of that throughout the whole church.
0: Well said. Um, I want to land the plane here uh, to be respectful not only of your time, Leah. Thank you so much for you know just sharing your voice with this community now and with the Discipleship forum, but as well for the people who've been joining us live. Um, obviously, we here, you know we're excited about the child Discipleship forum. We are excited about an opportunity to see you in person. And excited about an opportunity to gather with this community. But ultimately, our heart is that we want to serve those who are attending and provide a valuable experience. For the person who hasn't decided to come to the forum yet, actually, I'll even broaden it from the forum. I'll make it not quite so marketing. Can you speak to why it is valuable? Why the person who's listening to this is that their valuable time should be invested in something like the Child Deception Forum. And if you talk about the Child Deception Forum, that's that's okay
1: too.
0: (laughs) Uh, Because I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I can't. I got to make sure the snack cabinet is filled or some of the other things you've spoken to.
2: Well, I think what's different and unique specifically about this is um, this is not like a conference. This isn't all about uh, 10 ways to do ministry better or how to make your spaces look great or how, you know, we have a lot of that out there in the world that's done well and it's needed. This is really um, a time for us to understand the priority and the consequences if we fail to make it a priority. And really how to to see holistically where children's ministry fits in the, the heart of the church and how to become a better voice for that and a better leader for that. It's not so much about tips and tools and tricks and behavior problems or whatever it is that a lot of times we get a lot of guidance on. This is more about those conversations that we're having right now. Like how do we see this for what it really is And how do we give a bigger, louder voice so that our kids can know and grow and tell the story of Jesus to the next generation and the next generation? And I think um, if there's anything that we need to spend more time on, it's that
1: far more than filling the snack cabinet. (laughs) Oh, Leah, yes, I I think those, those pieces are critical to our ministries running. And, like, we're not going to downplay that. You're not downplaying that. None of us are. Like, we have to have those things happen. But if we get 10 years down the road, and there were a couple of Sundays where they didn't have goldfish or, um, you know, dairy free, gluten free snacks, but they did have solid discipleship opportunities to know, love, and serve Jesus, then I think we've won. Right. Um, But if we know that, (laughs) but if we see that opposite, where all of a sudden we look back and we're like, well, they've had snack every week. Sure. There's been somebody in there that's loved them every week, but, but let's go back to what you had mentioned about some of the people you're sitting with. We're not sure that in the time that they've been in our care, in the time that they've been entrusted with us, that they've actually ever gone through the whole Bible. Then that's where we stop. And we, and we ask, start asking strategic questions that, that don't shame or judge us for where we've been, but that ask yeah. God to lead us into where we are supposed to go. And to your point, Leah, this is an opportunity for you, friend, you leader, you children's ministry director, wherever you may be, to come be a part of that conversation. Because I remember those days. And honestly, I remember having these questions and not really sure honestly having the words to ask them. But I remember that intuition, that gut of trying to figure out something's going on and I had I have no words for it. And I didn't have access to it. I, I didn't have access to figuring out where this conversation was being had and who could help me continue on in this. And so this is an opportunity for you to come. And in fact, we've even set the table for you. And so as we go through, we're going to be hearing from people in three different topics of conversation. It's going to be leaders like Leah who are engaged, deeply engaged in the local church practice, both on the leadership level of leading people who are all involved and also on the level on the daily basis where Leah is and her husband are discipling their kids on a daily minute basis of, of their existence. The the other thing we're going to be talking about is child advocacy. And and guys, we all know it, but sometimes we have to remember that the children are the future leaders of our church, but that doesn't mean we wait until they become the leaders to disciple them today. That's child advocacy. That's what it looks like for us to, meet them today and give them the Jesus that loves them today more than they could ever know. And then the third is going to be on just cultural relevancy and the topics that are coming at us and changing and so, when you come to the CDF, those are the three big topics that we are going to be having speakers come at, and we have sixteen people who are ready. I'm telling you, we've been meeting with them over the last couple of weeks, hearing their um, what their what God's laid on their heart, and man, they are ready with a word for us to take back to our churches. And so, Leah, um, I just, as we close, thank you for your leadership. And the moments and the people and the conversations and the care that you are investing into the children's ministry world. And to everyone who's on with us today, thank you for joining, but more so thank you for investing in the lives of children. Thank you for for bringing them to the feet of Jesus because we know that that is our responsibility and Jesus and the father do the rest. They transform lives. And we know that you see that on a weekly basis. So we've shared, we have shared the link. If you would like to register for the CDF in the comments, we'll also throw that out for people to see as well. If you're in person, Leah, Ross, myself, we will be there and we just would love to sit down with you and meet you. Um, But until that day, I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful week. We are always praying for you and reach out if you have any questions. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks to Leah Broach for the time. And thanks to Melanie Hester for joining us as well. In case you missed it, we have another one of these live podcast recordings coming up with Gabe Lyons from Q Ideas on Monday, August 30th. All the information you need to register is in the show notes of this episode, along with more details about Leah and her ministry, as well as information about the Child Discipleship Forum. If you are someone who takes the time to listen to this podcast every week, I want to see you at that forum. I want to meet you and thank you for listening. And more importantly, thank you for your ministry. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to ResilientDisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week.